toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. Thank you again so much for tuning in this week. I'm Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guests, Diane Fulford and Karen DeGay. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey, and we are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. Please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. Consider becoming a Patreon supporter or a sponsor to help with the operating costs like editing and the many hours we spend creating these shows with quality guests and content. And if you have resonated with our mission, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to invite you to take a moment to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this now moment. Take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself. And imagine breathing that light and love and send it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our guests today are Diane Fulford and Karen DeGay. Diane and Karen have been close friends for many years who only recently understood their relationship as in the karmic tradition. Two ordinary people who were destined to be something extraordinary. They were gifted with what some would call channeled messages from higher dimensions, but what they prefer to depict as interdimensional communication. It was not until each of them launched their children into independence and completed their careers that first Diane and then Karen started receiving messages from an unknown source. Unlike many whose similar gifts came from birth or from a traumatic experience like NDEs, their connection to higher guidance grew gradually until it was clear that they were to co-author a series of books providing a methodology that allows you to raise your level of consciousness. They both received messages about being bridges between higher dimensions 
dimensions and our earthly plane to lay out a clear path to higher consciousness for those ready, willing, and open enough to commit themselves to the unknown. The first book in the series called The Alchemy of Becoming, Being of Truth in 2021, and the second, The Alchemy of Becoming, Being of Love, coming out very soon, I believe. So thank you so much for being here with us today, Diane and Karen. Oh, thank you very much for the invitation. We're both very, very appreciative of yeah. that. It's a pleasure for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so excited to dive into both of your very interesting stories. So maybe each one of you tell us a little bit about your journey and just what has led you down this spiritual path. Why don't you start? Because it started with you first. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Well, as you mentioned in your bio, um, it's a little bit unusual in that I had a very fulfilling career, actually, and but I started to get these what we're calling interdimensional uh, communications. They are from a federated uh, council of light is how they identify themselves to me. And it started to come as almost full thoughts, if you will, like full expressions of knowledge that it was clear that we were to, um, or I was to begin a process of unpacking all of this. And eventually, I, I mean, these became so strong after a while. I mean, I, at first, I have to admit, I was, I was just trying to ignore them and put them to the side. I mean, I had no idea what was going on. But it became much clearer that there was a, very much a purpose to this. And I was being led in very, very specific ways. And things started strangely happening. Like I would get full books appearing on my iPad that I had no knowledge of, I had not bought. I ended up buying them after though, just, just to honor the authors. But these, the, I was led very to very specific books in a very specific order to synthesize a lot of information. So it was a process to answer your question that kind of unfolded. And I spent many years in the guidance of this council, just being prepared for what they called would be a series of four books, which they have all entitled The Alchemy of Becoming. So that's kind of my story. Yeah, and mine, um, again, you know, I had a have to say that I had a great, have had a great life. And, you know, wonderful family, great careers in different sectors. I was lucky enough to retire early with my husband and do a lot of traveling. And it gave me time to think. And we did, and we we're actually doing a lot of traveling with Diane and her husband as well at the time. I think Diane was, I had witnessed Diane kind of doing some strange things, like, you know, putting her turban on and going off in the corner and meditating and things like that. And it's like, okay, whatever. And then one day, I think I was talking to her about, Um, just not feeling well, just feeling like my life force was kind of draining out of me, my, you know, immune system, you know, I was catching every cold, I developed uh, an autoimmune disease, things like this. And I just said, like, this is, this can't be it. You know, I don't want to feel this way anymore. And I think there was an opening for Diane and she finally opened up to me because I think she was reluctant to for a long time because I was your stereotypical left brain skeptic. You, you like <laughs> looked me up under the dictionary and that's what you would find. And um, she was a little afraid to open up, but she finally did and said, you know, I think I think I, I can help you. And so she opened, started opening me up to this whole other world, that world of the unknown, the world of the unseen, the world of the unheard. 
I think surprisingly to both her and I, I was in with both feet from, from day one. And thank uh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and I think she was a little relieved because yeah. a, little, a little bit lonely. It's nice to have someone to speak to talk to about this stuff. But um, I started out by helping her unpack her downloads and then, then soon found myself actually mm -hmm. getting my own and contributing to the conversation. So um, once it, it kind of developed into that, that, into that space um, with the first book, it was really a matter of, of helping Diane to unpack these downloads and put them into some kind of structure, mm -hmm. you know, translating that into something that our third dimensional brains could actually absorb. Beautiful. Wow. Thank you so much. It sounds like it's been quite a journey for, for both of you. The messages that you've you've received. Um, I'm wondering if you can yeah, talk about like where these messages are coming from. The you said you mentioned the Council of Light. So I wonder if you could talk about about that just a little bit more and what that what that feels like, who who the Council of Light is and what, what they're here for right now as we are um, on this ascension process and on the planet. Sure, I can yeah. I can begin and take a little bit of a, a stab at that. That's quite a question. <laughs> yeah, this Federation of um, Light, it's a council. I call them my council. They are, they identify themselves as about 70 of them. And I think they're inter, you know, intergalactic races, if I can put it that way, they're the, because it is a federation. This is going to sound very strange to you, but I have a very business-like relationship with them. And I know, I know that does sound weird, but it, that's what it is. They, they have this, um, they wanted these books to be written. They wanted in particular, the differential in these books is that it is a methodology. It is about your capacity to engineer your own level of consciousness. That consciousness is not like a given. Like it's not the consciousness you're born with or you acquire a little bit as you move through life, which has been the norm, by the way, for, you know, for hundreds, thousands of years. But this was a little different. Uh, I realized that a little bit to my dismay that the books would not be the most inspirational books out there, that there are a lot of books out there that are wonderful and they inspire you to want to be in higher consciousness. But the council was adamant that they don't give you a methodology, a how to, a very specific how to do this, how to raise your level of consciousness. So it, it was this idea that they gave me the outline, a pretty good outline, I have to admit, of all four books right from the beginning. It was pretty, pretty well baked. From, yeah, from the get-go. From the get-go. It was very clear. The download was... Um, and the name as well. Oh, yes. The, the name. I didn't choose the name. No, mm -hmm. uh, neither one of us did. This was The Alchemy of Becoming. Now, tell um, us a little bit more of how the title came to being. I'm curious about that as well. Sure. Well, first of all, um, alchemy, alchemy itself, uh, we started with alchemy just idea that there are uh, seven stages to alchemy and that these stages actually become very important in the universality of how consciousness evolves. So when we're looking at consciousness as a big macro concept, it is about evolution and it is about this universal understanding that we are evolving through a constant 
perpetual evolution of ourselves, a refinement of ourselves. So that is why the, um, the titles, the alchemy of becoming, we are always becoming. And so this mm -hmm. is a continuous journey of a refinement of not only ourselves, but of our species. And that became very, very clear um, in, in the title. So we started with, uh, again, Being of Truth is the first book. And the being of truth, well, we would say it's foundational. So it's right? foundational. You have to find yourself and you have to find your authentic self and you have to remove, you know, you have to get down and face all of those negative emotions that have become, you know, embedded in your body, face up to them, bring them into your awareness and let them go. And that's how you raise your vibrational container, your level of consciousness. That gives you your biggest boost is just going through that and that's that's the third stage in the alchemic process separation so these were you know i have to say that you know when diane first started talking about alchemy it's like why are you complicating this with something that's this gonna it's gonna put people off you know they're gonna say what's alchemy what do i have to know about alchemy it's simply the way nature transforms mm -hmm. it's the way everything transforms it's the laws of nature encapsulated into seven steps and it gives it its structure which is what our third dimensional brains need. You know, if we're in the quantum world, it would be all over the place, but we need that structure. And the alchemic process and those seven stages of alchemy are what gave it to the structure. And it's in perfect alignment with the laws of nature. It's how nature transforms itself and mm -hmm. how we need to do the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so so let's bring that, let's bring that down to tangible example for for our listeners and so so you mentioned at one point and about like having an autoimmune disease mm -hmm. and coming into that healing process and needing to maybe go through that and figuring out what's on the other side of that and and I think I'm wondering if you can say a little bit more about that because we have you know audience listeners that have you know maybe experienced something like this and and how how does somebody use what your process the alchemy and to to heal maybe some of these three-dimensional energies of dis-ease and you know moving through the the level of consciousness to overcome some of these pieces of what i think a lot of people are experiencing on the earth plane as illness right of maybe disease of that level of consciousness my spin on it um so i'm wondering if you can like maybe talk a little bit about that um yeah so that's a that's a good example to bring up from my from my personal journey because you know it was our, our books are kind of you know based on einstein's premise that you cannot solve a problem at the same level of consciousness that created it absolutely so if you want to start self-healing, if you want to start doing things and discovering the powers that we all have within, you actually have to raise your consciousness enough to be able to be aware of that and to, and to do that. So, you know, during, the, during this, this seven-stage process, it's not until you get to stage four that you actually have the ability to start into self-healing because you have to go through a process of actually changing your vibrational container to be at higher frequency. You know, we, we, we kind of use frequency and level of consciousness interchangeably. So once you go through that, the, the first three stages of the process, particularly the separation stage, where you're actually doing a deep dive into your, your subconscious programming, basically, and trying to understand it, become aware of it, and undo it so that you can actually free yourself from a lot of the 
the darkness, the density of that frequency. And once you get to that stage, then you actually have the ability to start self-healing. And I was undergoing treatment for alopecia. I was getting really tired of it. There was a lot of antibiotics and things like that, you know, traditional medicine that I knew was not good for my body. And I finally stopped it and started my own self-healing. And if you see right now, I had alopecia. I have a full head of hair. <laughs> so I was very successful in doing that. It took hard work. It took work. It took dedication. But I did believe that I had the ability to do it. And the doctors cannot understand all of a sudden how this just magically healed. Right. It's uh, it's one of those stories. And we have many stories like that yes, from people do. that we've been working with and taking through the process mm -hmm. of actually, you know, being able to raise their consciousness to a level where they can actually empower them, themselves to heal themselves and believe that they can do that. Absolutely. I really resonate with with what you're saying. I mean, for me personally, I had a digestive autoimmune condition and I hadn't realized I was operating with the mind level of a sick person. And yes. so that led through my whole day. And I tried so many things, antibiotics, yes, the whole Western medicine side, even like what would be alternative supplements, things like that, that also didn't work because I was still in the mind frame of a lower vibration. And I like how you said, I did the hard healing work because I think there's this misunderstanding of it's just a light switch and all of a sudden, I mean, maybe for some people it works out that way. For me personally, it didn't, um, but it was this slow gradual process of identifying as in a higher level of consciousness, a higher being that the bod my body had the wisdom to heal. I didn't have that before. I thought I had to do something to make it function the way that I wanted to. It had a very like forceful nature to it. Um, instead of a more feminine, like if I align with the person who is vibrantly healthy and my body knows what it needs to do, I, like that's the work. But like you said, and I, and I know in your book, I'm going to circle it back to your book. One of the things I really appreciated with the book is even though many of the authors and luminaries that you mention in this book, like healing authors, like we've mentioned on this podcast, like Dr. Joe Dispenza and Donna Eden and like pioneers really in mm -hmm. this type of work. Um, what I appreciated is you, there were all of these thoughts channeled through into a structure um, that you mentioned that a couple of times, like there's different, I think, levels, if I remember correctly, and skills within the levels that help us progress on this raising of consciousness. So if you could go into maybe not like in full detail, like the book does, but just kind of give us like this brief overview of this structure within like multidimensional spiritual teachings, like how, how did that come through? And, and like for just like the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> um, yeah. what, like, what does that over alchemy process look like from a structured point? How this all came together, because you've mentioned many of these authors, and we have called these authors the luminaries in our book. Mm -hmm. We wanted to give them a lot of credit for, oh, just the, the wonderful breakthroughs that they are bringing to all of us. It, it's amazing that that community exists and that in each of their cases, they're really, they really are pioneers in their field. And a lot of them you know, didn't get the acknowledgement that they should have uh, right from the beginning. So in this process with the council, as I mentioned, I would get books um, in a particular order. And many of the books were from these luminaries. 
that you have mentioned these these uh, you know in the field and largely in the field of science. Um, I had a lot like uh, Jude Curvin and her cosmology. I had to understand quantum physics and the difference between quantum physics and Newtonian physics and uh, astrophysics. And a lot of this was based on science, which kind of surprised me at the, at the beginning of the process. But it became very clear as I went through this that I had to not only get the books in a certain order, but I was told how to read them. So it was that it was this curious process that I would get a book and it wasn't to start from the beginning of the book and read through. Absolutely not. I had to go to the exact chapter, sometimes the exact paragraph or pages that this council wanted me to pick up the thought that the author had put down on paper. So I, this was an a evolving sort of grand synthesis of this work that had to be brought together in a specific order and specific concepts from these authors mm -hmm. that began to link together, that there was a pattern to what they were revealing in their work and how this pattern had to be brought together in this sequence, the structure that we're talking about as the methodology. So it was very bizarre for me, uh, you know, to, to, to get a book and then say, oh, no, you're starting at page 400, and we want you to pick up between 400 and 410 in this book, then go to this book and pick up this thought that is between pages 350 and, and you know, 375, and put those two thoughts together. So it's very much guided to how to synthesize works across a huge, a, a huge field. Your job is kind of to knit together yes. the best of the best yes. into a methodology. Interesting. That's so they're like sutras. Yeah. yeah, it was the most amazing process. And, and it's still going on now because mm -hmm. I'm, you know, working on book three right now. And, it, and, it's, and it's still going on with, with, with different things that are coming to light and that need to be knit together in a way in which they were never knit together before. So it's kind of a novel way of synthesizing different, uh, different works. Now, they all had in common, I must say this, that each book had in common the fact that consciousness was at the root of their work. That was the common denominator in almost every case. Mm -hmm. And book one kind of proceeded in a pretty more of a linear fashion, I would say, right? Like we started off writing about calcination, which is the first step, which is you know, where you break, where things break down. We're, mm -hmm. we're in a big calcination stage right now. If you look around us right mm -hmm. now at the collective level, and then it goes into dissolution where you have to, you know, make it malleable, you know, let add water to it, make it really malleable. Then you go into the separation stage where you separate the elements to purify them. Mm -hmm. And that's where people start really, you know, if people were kind of a little bit doubtful about the process. It's in that separation stage when they connect with their own higher guidance and they're led to unpacking their whole subconscious programming that they all of a sudden go, wow, there is something. This is this cannot, there's no hmm. other explanation for this. Hmm. Yeah, because that's at yeah. the stage where if I can add that the methodology becomes very calibrated to you. Yeah. Like the way in which Karen has described this process of us being a container of frequencies. To raise your level of consciousness, you really have to raise 
what the guides have called your vibrational signature. So we each have a vibrational signature. And that's a set point of all of our vibrations, the low ones, the medium ones, the high ones. We have a vibrational set point. That's kind of our operating kind of level of frequency, level of consciousness that we operate with. So if you're engineering this to change it, there are very clear instructions here. Uh, you are, first of all, empowered to do this. You are connected to your own higher guidance and your own higher guidance takes you through a process which is phenomenal of identifying what events in your life allowed you to trap a negative emotion that is actually keeping you in low vibration and actually is creating a dissonance within you that often leads to the illnesses we talked about before. Mm -hmm. Because dis-ease, you know, if we break down that word, as you know, dis-ease is that you are not in ease with the frequencies that you're trying to process. Mm -hmm. So your higher guidance will actually take you through a journey that's very, very personal to you. There's no way that either Karen or I could predict how a person is going to go through this. But you are led to particular events that are either inherited, you were born with, or that were acquired in this lifetime. And you have to, they're like in some sort of Gordian knot, where it, what you are given is to unlock and resolve one issue and they're very clear about when it happened in your life you get the exact event you get the exact age it happened and you are then allowed to once it becomes in your awareness because you can't do this unless it's in your awareness that's another one of the universal laws here it has to come into your awareness and then in your awareness you can resolve that issue you actually re-imprint a different vibrational signature on that event you will still remember it but the vibrational frequency that originally was there is changed does no more damage does no more damage and hmm. when your body replicates like say this was a damage in the heart when your body replicates that heart as our bodies replicate all the time mm -hmm. it replicates now without that distortion and that makes all of the change possible so you are really you are really led in a curious way the analogy this council gave me because <laughs> um, they've given me lots of analogies but the analogy they gave me was like a game of pickup sticks if you remember that in childhood the pickup sticks if you can imagine that each one of us has a whole bunch of trapped emotions that can be represented by letting go, each one of you letting go your own, you know, pickup sticks. I mean, the sticks all fall in a different pattern. No two patterns would be alike. And that the idea is that you have to pick up the top stick without disturbing any of the others. But every time you pick up that stick, if that's a, a, a you know, a um, negative emotion that you have trapped in your body, you release that. And once you have released that, it allows you to go to the next one and then the next one after that and the next one after that. And pretty soon as you are going through this process, it creates space mm -hmm. by removing the density of that frequency and in its place, 
right, is the room for higher, higher frequencies. Higher frequencies. Yeah. And that's what the rest of the process goes through. Mm -hmm. So once you separate that out, get it all cleared out, you bring it back together, you test it out in life. Yes. You harden it, you master it, and you finally bring it all together. And then the cycle repeats. The, the good news and the bad news <laughs> is that the journey never ends. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yes, isn't this like an ongoing, I mean, it's like an always an unfolding, a beautiful layer by layer, and, and we get to, as long as we're, you know, open and intentional and with awareness, we can continue to move through those layers, and I, I love that, you know, just that with awareness, right, and so we have to, I think, allow for that awareness sometimes and be open to that awareness, And but I, I read somewhere that you had written, you know, that this is um, no longer available to the great mystics of the ages. But we are all, you know, all who are willing to go through this can be acquired. This consciousness, this higher consciousness can be acquired um, if we're willing to do the work. And I just love that because it's really a, it's just a reckon, recognition that it is available to, to everyone, right? We just have to be aware. There's no, nobody's more special than the other and we can all raise our vibration. And I think as we're, ascending on this planet we're raising our vibration or consciousness right it's and that that ascension process i don't think is it's not like this hierarchy of you know where only some are are able to go there and some aren't but we're all here together and we're all you know allowing i i think no one needs to be left behind right it's this energy and so i i'm just wondering you know just as we are stepping into this, you know, process of, um, you know, the energy and structure that you're laying out for people. I'm wondering, are there just, are there a few things that maybe someone can start to do in their life to begin this process if they haven't, or maybe if they have already started this process, you know, what are, what are some tools that they can have to really tap into to some of this? Yeah, I think, you know, the, one of the, the basic requirements is be willing to take a leap of faith, you know, to, to acknowledge that that there is unknown out there and that we are just, you know, like we're just like icebergs, right? And we're, we're just, a, you know, what we see above the surface, there's so much below the surface that we are unaware of. So just take that leap of faith that there is unknowns out there, mm -hmm. that there is magic out there. Mm -hmm. that there is higher dimensions out there and wonder and wonder and mm -hmm. awe and magic all of these things mm -hmm. and that i think you know just from a very practical point of view is the art of going inside you know through meditation is you know a, a very valuable tool you have to still yourself you really have to go inside yourself to um let yourself be open and to find that own inner peace as a starting point. So those two things I would just say, you know, are kind of like prerequisites almost. And I know a lot of people say when they start out, they have so much trouble meditating, but it's again, a practice that you learn, you know, and you have to work at it. You can start off with 30 seconds. You can start off with two minutes, you know, and just build up and just be aware that it's not about nothingness. It's just about going inside and really feeling yourself. Do you have anything to add to that in terms of, I think that's a really good explanation. I definitely agree with the the practice of meditation as a way to 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 become more self-aware of the thoughts yeah. that run through our head. That was key for me personally. I had not realized how negative some of the self-talk was that probably stemmed from 
adolescence. I, I'm not really even sure. When I did become aware of it, I remember that in my very first uh, yoga class experience, I, that was the hardest part for me. It wasn't the physical movement of the class. It was the, oh my gosh, I can't believe I talked to myself like this yeah. and unraveling some of like where where did it come from and, and how can I breathe a little bit more space into it and begin to shift the level at which that negative self-talk came from. And I think a lot of it was things I had picked up from other people, uh, whether in my family or around me in school. And so I think that's a, an essential first step is meditation, not just to check the box and say, oh, I, I did it. Because I look at meditation, as it's not a good or a bad. It's, it's well, I was aware of these thoughts today and becoming a witness to that that looping that happens oftentimes yes you know it's it's um it's amazing what you know and and the pervasiveness of fear in everything that we do and think in our lives and how it's so pervasive that we don't even acknowledge it and it's not until we kind of go inside to out that that we can start acknowledging it bringing it into our awareness and as diane said if it's not in our awareness you can't actually deal with it right mm -hmm. Yeah, it has to, you have to have the courage to bring it into your awareness. Now, the guides have always said as well that we will not be given anything that we cannot handle. So that it, there's been a, a bit of an, an assurance mm -hmm. there in this methodology. Yeah, we were pretty worried at first. Like, yeah. What are we going to be like? We're not psychologists, we're not psychiatrists. Like, what happens if somebody's just, you know, you have, can't you deal with can't something? Can't deal with something. We're yeah. not prepared, we're not equipped to deal with that. So this assurance was really, really, it was very, very important to us yeah. that, you know, it's, it, you will, you will come to these things as in a pace and a, at a level that you are able to deal with it. And so that is a, a kind of, you know, the guides very much, you know, have said this methodology is to be successful for people mm -hmm. that in fact, the more you go through the methodology, the more insight you will come to in terms of understanding what tools you actually do need you know what changes in your life what kind of refinements in your life all of a sudden you will become you know you will find yourself turning left rather than right and you don't even know why you know like it's like you'll be reading different things you'll be connecting with different people and realizing that there's no coincidences yes yes and yeah. every person you meet every encounter you have is an opportunity yes. and a choice point for you yes very much um and and if you follow that thing that opens up just an incredible amount of knowledge and and your own personal toolbox because you know it's it's again customized to you what what is it that you need which door do you need to go through first yeah right now. and and right now you know in this moment and yours may be different than mine um and and it's all good you know it's just and i may have to go slower than you and mm. that's fine too because it's it's not a one size fits all by any stretch. It is mm. so personalized, so customized to each individual who chooses to go through this. Mm. And the importance of going through this cannot be understated. Mm. Because there's there is an importance at the individual level, which we have discussed, but there is also such an importance at the collective level. Mm -hmm. Like higher consciousness is, you know, the, the the, this council have really come in, especially during book two, which is being of love, which is being an operative 
of the frequencies of love, because that's what they want you to be, an operative of the frequencies of love in book two. And book two is filled with fascinating stories of, of the importance of collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. So we start in book one by individual consciousness. And in book two, we mm-hmm. continue with that journey of individual consciousness to go but, much deeper, yeah. much deeper, mm-hmm. but with an understanding that really we are at an inflection point as a species between evolution and evolution. So everybody who's alive now is part of this inflection point of where are we going to go? Are we going to be a species in decline, in devolution? Or are we going to be a species that is going to continue with the design of the evolution of us, you know, in line with that design? The reason why this is important is because that for the first time, in our history as humanity, we there is a separation or an understanding that our level of intelligence has far outstripped our level of consciousness. So what we are capable of doing in terms of splitting the atom, in terms of what we can do in laboratories or eugenics or all of AI, all of these things, which are part of how exceptional we are as a species in terms of our intellect and in terms of doing all of this. But there is a worry from the Federation of Light that our level of consciousness is not commensurate with our intelligence, that we have to, we have to bring consciousness way up mm-hmm. in our alignment to what we are capable of intellectually as a species, mm-hmm. because we won't have the moral compass We won't have the ethics, we won't have the values, we won't have the moral compass to handle the issues that are, frankly, existential issues to us, like nuclear warfare, or Mm -hmm. like AI, like AI is in the news all the time now and yeah. it's because you know you know even the 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 originators of artificial intelligence are starting are taking a step back and saying what have we done here how you know we've created something that doesn't that that can be used for nefarious purposes equally as as for good purposes and how do we protect against that mm-hmm. and you know it's our deep belief that the only way we can protect against that is through raising consciousness we have mm-hmm. to get that level of consciousness up to the same level as our intelligence and even higher higher yeah higher would be nice too. we would argue higher, higher yes. would be nice <laughs> that it leads the way yeah. you know because what the guides have said is that if your level of consciousness is not that high what you are doing is in fact miscreating you're not creating you're miscreating mm. so it is really important as we move up in consciousness to be aware of what the difference is between miscreating something and being co-creators, something wonderful. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And and as we yeah kind of move into that, you know, looking at what your the work that you are doing in the world, the ener- the co-creation that you are having with the Federation of Light, and um, I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about about your macro vision how do you see your work in the world changing the future of this planet oh what a great question well, a great question, and a big question right <laughs> uh, it, it is um sometimes it, it blows us away even like we, we kind of 
takes our breath away about what that vision is. Mm -hmm. But that is a vision of a world that is, is, that is evolving from the frequencies of fear and scarcity to a world of love and abundance. Mm -hmm. And that's even really hard, even for us, you know, and all your listeners, I'm sure, to actually even picture what that could look like. But we just know that we have to change the, those frequencies. Otherwise, we're going to annihilate ourselves. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, just look around. We can see it happening all, all the time. And all of this miscreation is, has gotten so big. And so it's like, like it's in this Gordian knot that you can't unravel. And it's because everything is so connected. And again, the only path out of this is through higher consciousness of recognizing the patterns, of being able to see the connections between things and looking for those, you know, what we're often have lots of conversations about is, you know, what are those elements? What are those common threads that we can actually start pulling on to make this happen? And mm -hmm. I see ourselves and everybody, you know, Brenda and Stacy, yourselves and all of your listeners is like, we're pioneers in this, in this world. And pioneers go into the world of the unknown, but we have to go forward because going backwards is, or, or keeping on the same trajectory is not a, it's not a, you know, what, what is it you're saying? Where you're going, where, where you're headed is where you're going. Yes. Yes. Mm. And it doesn't where, bode that well right Yes. Now. That was their saying to me, where mm. you are headed is where you are going and that does not bode well. Yeah. Mm. So there is this element, you know, that, that again, in, in the business relationship with, with the council, they're they're very much advocates and very much know and are cheerleaders for understanding that we do have to make these changes and you know the world that we have created or to some extent miscreated at this point that as karen said the the issues that we are facing now the issues on environment the issues on health the issues on on just about every facet uh, justice, uh, the polarization, you know, the, the issues are very, what they call, they gave the word intractable. They are intractable issues, meaning that they are beyond our current level of consciousness to really solve them, pure and simple. We can't, it, it, they're so huge, they're so complex, they're so intertwined that we don't have the level of consciousness to be able we to figure where out to start. Where, where would you start? Yeah. You know, it's, you know, as, as they said, you could put all of the, your resources in, in, in health, but that would not guarantee your health because we're so tied to the environment and to research and to, you know, education and to, it's just a whole bundle out there that we have to deal with it holistically, not in the compartments that we have them operating in right now. It's how to have this global holistic sort of understanding. And we will only get that if we can go to higher consciousness. So the beautiful analogy they gave me was like looking at a Persian rug, but your nose is in the fibers of the carpet. So if you can just imagine, you've got this carpet that your nose, like you're actually down on the ground and your nose is in the fibers of the carpet. You have no idea when your nose is in the fibers of the carpet, what can you see? You, do, it, you don't, there's, it's chaotic. It's just chaotic. There are fibers going this way and that way, and there are colors going this way and that way. You have no idea whether the colors are in the right direction or not. But when you raise yourself off the carpet, when you raise yourself higher and you get to look at the whole carpet, you see the beauty of the whole pattern and how those fibers, which look chaotic in the moment, actually are a pattern that reveal themselves to you. 
and you get to see the beauty of the design. And so it's really what we're being called to is, is to be a witness to the beauty of the design and understand how we have to honor the laws of nature and the laws of the universe in terms of that alignment of the, uh, of the design. Thank you so much for that beautiful analogy of the Persian rug. That will definitely stick with me. And as we begin to wrap up our conversation, it's gone by so quickly. I've so enjoyed uh, listening to both of you. Um, and I love that we here at Be The Love, we have the same mission of raising consciousness yes. of humans and the planet. And so I'm so glad we synchronistically got connected. Thank you, Candice, if you're listening. Um, so please tell our listeners where they can find you and what you're currently working on. Okay, well, we've just um, released um, a new website that uh, people can connect with, and it's, it's a really, a, it's a not your typical website, but it's really a companion resource to, as you're going through the books, and it's um, alchemy-of-becoming.com. Um, our books can be, can be found at uh, Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, and can be ordered that way, and our second book is audible, I think, as of yesterday or today which we're very pleased about um and the website is available as well beautiful well thank you so much for being here with us today diane and karen and sharing the space to have this beautiful conscious conversation and yes please check out their link and books and we will add those links to the show notes as well thank you for listening to be the love podcast if you've enjoyed listening to our show please share the love by sharing it with your family and friends giving us a five-star written review on itunes or spotify and liking us on facebook please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with a monthly donation that really helps us with the operating costs of this podcast so we can continue to spread the love to contribute visit our patreon website at patreon patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast and stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5:55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.